we go. We're do you ready? want me to we're going? my clap back, my clapboard? Yeah, go ahead. I have it ready. <laughs> it's my only thing right. I do. Ready? Action. You know, it's ironic that we do that for the off-script episodes, because I feel like that would actually make more sense on the movie episodes. Yeah, except we don't record our faces on those, so... That is true. It's true. We can well, still Joey, do it. We can still do a cool clap or something. Well, we could. I don't know. Maybe is that is that leaning into it too hard? It's like, we get it. We get it. You're talking about movies, you know? I don't know. Maybe you need some sort of sound effect or something, you know? I, that, like, the introduction to a podcast is always so nostalgic for me, right? Like, especially the podcast I've been listening to a long time. There are some that, like, have uh, theme songs that are just not good. But they're still, like, kind of trigger something in your mind. And the ones that are just sort of good are become really good if you listen to them enough. You know? They're, like, you start dancing in the freaking kitchen while you're listening yes. to them. That's what I do oh, to the man. daily. I want to... If I could do anything, I would start a TikTok trend where you where you dance to the daily, ep- like, opening episode. Like, <laughs> like where Mi- Michael Barbaro says... I uh, Hello, I think I saw a video of you dancing to that on Instagram. Uh, that's that's true. <laughs> <laughs> I did do that once. <laughs> yes, I um the South Carolina oh man, what is it called? It, it, I'm blanking right now, but it's like the South Carolina business uh, update that plays on SC Public Radio has a really good theme song like that as well, where it's like when I was a kid, I didn't really care for it or it was just whatever. It was just on the radio. But now when I hear it, I'm like, Oh yeah. And, you know, and it, and it, and it re- I really jam with it. Another one is, uh, the affable, not Apple chat, um, the Dustin squad podcast. Oh that yeah. One for me, it was, it was exhausting to listen to week to week. Cause it was like a minute and a half introduction song on every episode. But now when I go back and listen to it, the nostalgia really hits. Oh, yeah. No, I felt the same way. I definitely got, like, chills when I was listening to you back. Like, I was walking my... I remember specifically walking my dog, listening to you talking about whatever was going on in your life that week. Um, it's always so... Uh, it was just so nice. It was such a comfort. It's like, okay, now we're in this space, you know? Now we're yeah. here. This is uh, this is a familiar and comfortable space. So, <laughs> yeah. It's... uh Yeah, no, it's, uh, it's an important part of structuring the episode I, whenever i go through like the podcast files that we've made it's always hello 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 it's always the first <laughs> second of every episode yeah yeah no i think that's so good i think having that consistency at the beginning is so nice like having being able to have someone talk along with it i think is right your goal right you want someone to feel <laughs> like you're um you're right there with them you know exactly what to expect so right right definitely well Joey, this, uh, you know, for the last 21 days, roughly, I've been taken over by kind of a mental chaos, kind of a, uh, you know, a storm of, uh, you know, instability uh, un- going on in my mind, sort of a would, would March just, Madness, if you will. Oh, I thought and, you were going to say the storm was upon you. <laughs> wait, wait, what are you referencing? Uh, I'm just referencing it on I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, no, I'm referencing... The a basketball s- tournament that oh. is finally back after a year absence, one of the COVID cancellations of last year. Uh, and I don't know, I've I've gotten into March Madness at, into my as I've gotten older and just interacted with more basketball fans. But I guess I wanted to get your take on it. What do you think of the 64 team college basketball tournament that takes place and takes over the lives of many young men every March. So I went to Catholic school for 12 years, but something that 
we did religiously at that Catholic school, which fill out <laughs> brackets. Um, wow. Because th- we were in central North Carolina, and it was, and we have three big schools right around us, NC State, UNC, and Duke, which are almost always in the competition. There's other ones, too. Wake Forest is sometimes in there. ECU, occasionally, not all, often. Um, and... So it's always a big deal about who's who's your team, who's your basketball team, who you're gonna who you're gonna go for. And in I remember at least a couple of years, in at least three of my eight classes I took, we would fill out a bracket, and it was like part of the curriculum to fill out a wow. bracket. Wow! <laughs> oh, um, like that's what we're doing today, you know? Oh, it's statistics class, so it's an excuse to fill out a bracket. Oh, it's a history class. Um, I guess you could uh, fill out a bracket. Oh, oh it's you theology know. class. Yeah, it's, it's an you know. excuse to put your faith in a team. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> exactly. And I was never very good at it i think one time i got really close i think i was like second or something but Uh it's always been blind luck one year yeah so one year i actually had uh, i mike my roommate asked me to fill out a couple of brackets just because he loves statistics and loves following things so i did and i did it in the most me way i could think of which is first i did it by seed so at the end i had uh in the final four i had four number one seeds and then um, I think I rolled a dice or something. And the other one was I flipped a coin for every single match. And that, that's how I predicted each one. And he tracked both of them to see how they would do. He said the coin one I think he did he thought did better than I than he expected. Uh, but neither of them were better than his, which was full of actual analysis. Mm. Um, so it's always been this kind of ironic detachment for me because it's been something that people always do. I kind of it's probably one of my favorite sports things though because it's like okay it, it's it's a culmination of a lot of things I don't have to focus on one thing at a time right it's just how you feel about it and you know sometimes like oh I've heard of this team I think they're gonna do it you know and it's always fun when you're like you know I think the 15 seed is gonna take this one and then when they do it's very satisfying but you know you never really know when that's gonna happen <laughs> oh yeah nobody knows which is so yeah my initial take I didn't watch any college basketball until I got to college and I was around so many of my peers who were like fill out a bracket fill out a bracket yeah and my first like year of going through march madness i my my take was that people don't actually want their brackets to be right Mm. people get off on their brackets being busted because everywhere i turn every single person was losing it with like they they this victim complex that would come about when their bracket got busted they thought they it was all the universe pointing its bad luck directly at them no not my bracket oh my bracket's ruined everyone yeah everyone's conspired to ruin my bracket of all the bad luck like and it's and it's that's the thing it happens to literally every single bracket. Nobody gets it right. Nobody gets it perfect. No matter how well you know college hoops, your bracket is is going to be ruined in one way or another. So I thought it was stupid. I was like, hey, hey you guys don't want to be right. You guys just want something to complain about. So that was my initial take. As I've gone through many iterations of this... I recognize how cool it is to have a 64-team tournament. I think basketball is a really cool sport in the sense that you can play it often. Uh, It's the curse of my favorite sport, football. It's like, you you can only play this 20 times a year, tops. If you play it more than that, even that is really hard to do. Most A lot of players can't because they get hurt. Basketball, on the other hand, you can do it multiple times in a week. It's awesome. So 
I, I appreciate that. But now I've gotten to, I think, a similar ironic disposition that you're at where I'll fill out a bracket, but I only want to be right to spite the people who know what they're doing, <laughs> right? Like I, I, Yes. I, I only want that's my bracket the, to do that's well. That's the dream. So, the dream yeah. is to know nothing about basketball but have a perfect bracket and just to be like <laughs> – <laughs> just to be like uh, you don't know anything basically yeah Which is, well it's futile it's futile yeah. and let me make sure i said that word in a different podcast and it sounded like i'm saying futile like it's a futile society it's futile it <laughs> <laughs> there can only be one winner right and everyone else beneath them reports to them and then there's the serfs at the bottom who don't even right. get in the tournament and we enforce like a belief in a divine right to that person who's at the top exactly <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. It is futile uh, to think, at least that's my opinion. It's futile to think that you can get it all figured out before it all begins. And um, and then that you, you're proving it by having the best bracket. No, I think it's all luck. There's so much luck, which is part of the fun, but it's also why you can't really predict anything. So yeah. I, I, I did that again. And I want to report at the time of recording, which is Sunday the 31st, this podcast won't come out for another week but i at the time the affable chat bracket is at the top we have the most points in the march madness group that i'm in which has over 25 brackets in it so and and the way i filled it out was by sitting on the toilet and filling it out in one go not changing anything <laughs> nice. and hitting submit and wow. it's working out for your boy it's uh so yeah. far <laughs> and, I, and I know that that like the, sh the being right at the beginning is mostly about catching the upsets that happen in the in the first round. After that, you like the best teams usually do advance, and and you have to like some of my real big upsets that made it past the first round will probably not make it that much further. But at this moment in time, having zero knowledge totally is actually working out. I always hear these stories about like some one kid somewhere has like a perfect bracket but like you know up to a certain point right it, it fails in like the elite eight or something but um it's always interesting because it's like by the law of large, large numbers so many people fill out these brackets so many people fill out multiple of them even people who aren't even interested in the sport will end up filling out brackets so like it's you know by design there's a pretty good chance that somebody somewhere will get one that is uh mostly right Although there's just so many combinations that it's well, statistically so, right. not possible, basically. But Well, that's what I was going to say. You said there's a pretty good chance of somebody. Is that even true? Isn't it still pretty unlikely? I, I don't know. Well, it's uh, pretty unlikely for anyone to get all of them right. Mm -hmm. And, you know, a lot of brackets are probably going to be similar, you know, because people right. don't understand how it works or people will pick, will, you know, go by similar analysis or something. They'll all read the same articles. But... I don't know, like, you have enough people out there filling out brackets, eventually you'll have one that is going to get close. I wouldn't I wouldn't say anyone's going to ever predict one exactly, but, like, that's always the story. It's like, oh, we found the one guy who got, who predicted all of the Sweet 16, you know? And it's just like, oh, wow. It's like, oh, wow, this guy's some sort of savant, you know? Like, uh, right. he knows something about basketball that nobody else does. We should be going to him for all our takes or something, you know? <laughs> Tell us who to draft for our NBA team. Like, this that's guy, right. 
He knows basketball. Actually, I, I, uh, my son actually has a perfect bracket. But oh no, he's trapped in a balloon flying above the sky. We have to. He's up there. This is a huge uh, catastrophe oh here. Oh my and god! And he's got in the brackets up there with him. I actually, <laughs> I actually, I remember uh, that story. <laughs> I think about that all the time. I didn't. I, I. When did that happen? It was in the nineties, wasn't it? I think that, it was two. No, young. no, that was um two thousand. That was uh two thousand seven. I remember because oh I, gosh. I, we talked about it in one of my classes in, um, in high school. We had a, we had to write stories about the new, like summaries about the news every, every week or something. And everybody wrote about this one story. And like the question at that time when I wrote the story was whether it was real or not. And I gullibly believed that it was real, that a kid actually had gotten stuck in a balloon because I didn't think people were going to be, that, would, would be that cynical and try to be on TV <laughs> that badly. But uh, it turns out that I was wrong and that people actually just want to be on TV at any cost. So. I don't remember where I first heard about that, but when I heard about it, it was old news. It was like, this is really similar to the Balloon Boy story. And I was mm. like, ah, yes, the Balloon Boy story from lore, you know, must have happened in <laughs> Do you my know the name of the, of the Balloon Boy? The what? The name of the Balloon Boy? No. What's his name? Falcon. That's, <laughs> I mean, maybe that's where they got the idea. <laughs> it could be. What if Falcon just floated away? What if Falcon could, could fly? <laughs> but um, yeah, it's, I don't know. I, I still haven't watched any of March Madness, despite filling out a bracket, partially because I've been busy, but also partially because I usually don't watch. I Even though I do like basketball, basketball happens so much that I usually save it for like the really important games. You know, um, I don't need to watch... 15 seed Oral Roberts get the upset uh, over Ohio State, even though that ended up being a big game. There's so many games on it. I just yeah, there's no way to predict, right? Just, yeah, how many games yeah. is that? It's uh, what's there's a uh, 32 games and then 16 games and then quick maths. I'm sure there's uh, a formula you could do right now that would, yeah. that would pull it up. I uh, I said this take on the He's Done It podcast. This is my only March Madness take, but. The my I I got a prediction half right. I said that the South region should be renamed the Mouth region because 14 seeded Colgate is going to make it to the Sweet 16 where they'll face 15 seeded Oral Roberts and like to find out who wins like the the Mouth face off. And and I even I even referenced a source where I found out that nine out of ten dentists agree that this matchup no is going to happen. No way! <laughs> <laughs> wow. And I was wrong. Uh, Colgate got wrecked, but Oral Roberts pulled off the biggest upset of the tournament so far with winning over Ohio State. So um, sometimes just going for the meme does work out in your favor right. on the bracket. It's 63 games, by the way. Um, okay. Yeah, that's, I mean, that reminds me of, uh, what's it called? Like the Sword of Truth or something? Or the Sword of Destiny, uh, that, that football thing um, that our friend Cody always talks about, about how like when... It's like a Thundercats reference. Um, when two cat teams in the NFL play each other, uh, like there's a chance that the sort of destiny or whatever uh, can change hands, right? Right. So right. whoever has the sort of destiny at a time it can only ever be a cat team. Plays another te cat team, and then it passes to the other person. 
Uh, I love that yes. stuff. I think that's really funny. There's um, a Reddit community. Uh, <laughs> something. It's been a long time since I looked at it, but it's like the evil empire of the NFL or something. And it's like all the teams that have five championships or more uh, are considered part of this. And mm. they have a similar goblet that they pass around. Whoever's Whoever wins over the team who has it gets to keep it. Cool. So they, they constantly keep track of that. Uh, that's the you know because the 49ers they're not an, an animal that you can really put in the same category as other f- like teams in the nfl so we have to just go off of how epic we are in general so in basketball you could have like a big tooth or something or like a some dentures <laughs> that you pass between all of the <laughs> all of the mouth teams that's hilarious <laughs> um but then actually so today as the day we're recording is when the women's tournament kicks off and uh not that long ago south carolina won the women's bracket back in 2017 so i got invited to create a bracket for that i have uh, a friend who's who's starting a bracket group for that and at first my first instinct was like i don't want to fill out this bracket because that was my instinct for the men's tournament as well yeah and uh but i got accused they were like what you don't think that women's march madness is as important as men's march madness and my take on that is, no, they're exactly the same amount of important to me, which is I don't care about either. <laughs> but I will, I do have to caveat that with like the Gamecocks are in Women's March Madness. So if I'm being consistent, then that would actually be the more important one to me. So uh, I did set up my bracket. I think you can, t- I think you can guess who I chose to win. Um, but I put the exact amount of thought into it as I did for the men's bracket. And, um, I'm going to watch probably the exact same amount of games. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> and really, then once yeah, that's over, once that's really uh, grinding for women's rights here. <laughs> I'm yeah, I think I am because they're treating them completely equally, which is I don't care about either <laughs> one. Uh, although if the Gamecocks make it into like the, the final four, which I, I think they will, then I'll probably watch. But. Yeah, they're usually pretty good. Um, yeah. yeah, whenever we filled out brackets like growing up and stuff, it was always the men's. It was always the men's that was featured, never the women's. Um, and I guess like you could say like it, it could apply to both, but like no, I don't think it does, right? Because the they're set up completely differently, aren't they? They're, the the teams are not put in the same seed, right? No, I mean the women's team is totally independent of the men's team, right? Exactly. So uh, it was always the men's team that was uh, that was the focus of all right. these um that was deemed most important so yeah I, yeah I mean there's definitely trends for that in general in our society is which sports people pay more attention to oh yeah uh, but I don't know I look at each individual sport as like a huge commitment and I, I don't understand people who are able to keep it all under you know like keep track of everything where I'm talking to people, they're like, well, you know, uh, Gonzaga went undefeated this season, but Virginia is undefeated against top 25. And I'm like, either you just read that or you're spending way too much time watching sports. Like, how are you keeping track of? And I'm not saying that somebody can't be committed to college football, but this particular person I know knows a bunch of other sports as well. It's like, man, you really, you really got it. Like, you've really... I don't know, man. That's a, that's a commendable to for people to like be passionate about stuff like that. I think so. No, no, and, and again, I, I guess I don't want to come across as that, but it's like uh, I, I have such trouble being multidimensional with like keeping track of sports and also other things, and I don't want to be consumed by being a sports Andy. But I think that's more of just my own. Preference. I mean, I'm, at this there's point, plenty of sports Andys out there. Yeah, at this, I mean, that's the thing. It's like you can be uh, you can be a big sports fan and find lots of people that are 
bigger sports fans than you. You know, it, 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 there's, I wouldn't say an infinite amount, but there's a ton of sports content out there and lots of people love to watch it. Um, you know, inexplicably to me, honestly, but it's, it's, uh, it's something that really like, uh, matters to people. And there's just so much of it, right. You can engage with it on so many levels, right. You can just show up to the games and enjoy like the feeling of the crowd or whatever, or, you know, the, the kind of great story that is told by the game. Oh, you know, or you can go into the stats and tell like the long form, like, okay, here's the history of this team and the, the moments that led up to this moment and why it's so important that this thing happens right now, you know, and you get a lot of enjoyment from that, right? Because, you know, you make your own meaning. So if you create this world in which, you know, this is something that's really important to you, um, it, it can be because there's just so much there. It's so rich with information. I'm glad that you can appreciate that because I know like it's not your go-to source of uh, media, but I do I do think you understand what makes sports so compelling. I like I feel people. like sport. I feel like I have to concede that sports are a necessary part of the world. Like we need sports um, as a thing. Like I don't know. It, I guess it's probably taken up other forms in the past, but as like a collaborative, collective effort. Sports is like a really important part of culture. Um, I just think there are certain sports that are designed very poorly. That's my. That's where I'm. That's where I'm going to die on my hill. That's sure. where I'm going. I can't say sports are bad. I can't say sports bad. That's uh, that's, <laughs> that's where I'm at. Well, uh, and I also I don't know. I see them. They collide in, on a lot of aspects. Uh, for instance, like uh, my take on like sports fans is they're ju- they're the same level of weeb as anime weebs you know because <laughs> it's it's so true you cosplay as your favorite player when you put their jersey on people buy expend tons of money jerseys are ridiculously expensive to, because they're all licensed and and you know you always have to get the newest players so you're buying a new one and then you also like you follow character storylines and it's like, oh, yeah, I really like this guy's like Russell, like the Russell Westbrook Thunder arc has concluded. And now he's like the uh, triple double journeyman. And like it's a new arc for Russell Westbrook. And that's a, that's definitely uh, like, you know, just as much of a storyline as, you know, Naruto doing this or Deku doing that. You've got. All these different, like, also just having a favorite player, I feel like also kind of overlaps with, like, oh, he's my favorite character in that anime, you know? <laughs> That's like, or even a favorite team, you know? You're aligning with something inside of that sport that's totally arbitrary. You're just deciding to attach meaning to it, which people say because it's a sport is more legitimate, but I don't think that's true. I think it's the same amount as legitimate as somebody being like, oh, I really love, uh, I don't know, some some team in some anime or some group of characters that belong to a certain tribe or village for this, this sure. ninja anime or something like that. Not to mention that they both have conventions, like cons, <laughs> if you will. And you what's, can the, argue, what's the sports what? con? There yes. Sports cons? Yes, there are sports cons, and that's where you really find the sports weebs. And and I'm not talking about like there's some place where they have like football con where you go to like trade football cards or something. I'm talking about events that are for the official sport that aren't people playing the sport. For instance, the NFL draft. People mm. go to the NFL draft to find out who gets picked for their team, and they show up in their jerseys and go wild and have a party. I'm not I would love to go to that one day I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that but if you think that that's different from going to comic-con then you're out of your mind (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah, I feel like it occupies a similar space for, you know, it, it it's a very popular thing that people enjoy together, you know, so that that's the thing. I, I mean, the, but like the difference I think for sports is that there's there's a potential for infinite detail because you're dealing with real people and there's not anything can happen. You know what I mean? Um, but uh, to a certain point, obviously, but like any, like a, a certain person could suddenly just disappear off the map for some reason right whereas like that doesn't necessarily happen in a in a scripted show right and there's sort of there's background and you know people in the background who are making the show but that's not really like the thing that got you into it whereas in football it's or sports it's always like the story of the player at the moment that's really i think what what gets people in uh, invested in it True. Uh, and, so yeah, I guess I have itself. to. Yeah, I should recognize the reality of sports where you can meet the players for real. They yeah. might exist in your community and have an impact on your day to day life through their successes, which is which is pretty freaking cool. So, sure, I, I, I'll concede that. But I'll, I'll give you one more thing. The reason why sports and, and anime are the same and then we can move on beyond sports here. Car wraps. OK. Have you ever seen those like cars that have so many <laughs> NFL stickers <laughs> or like the body paint is the, the team colors and they have flags sticking out of the top? That has the exact same energy as those sports cars you see that have like anime titties all over them. The exact same energy, same level of weebdom required for you to go to the auto body shop and be like, it's time to like change It's time to do car. this. Yeah, it's time... <laughs> It's time for this guy's face to be on my car forever. <laughs> I don't think enough people know how much of a fan I am of this thing. Yes. And I need everyone who even gets a cursory glance at me through traffic to know That's exactly right. I how much I love I want there to be this. onlooker delays everywhere I go because I because I look so ridiculous. I want this to blend in. I want this to be moving at a certain speed for people to think that a TV is playing nearby. That <laughs> some, someone's running or, or, or throwing a ninja star or something. <laughs> <laughs> so uh yeah so that's my take i love them both i do i'm not i'm i'm not as big of an anime fan as a, as i am in sports but i respect the fandom as much in both and i don't think that either one of them can lay claim to some sort of position of moral hierarchy above the other one or some sort of legitimacy above the other one they're both yeah. epic and neither of them can look down on the other in my opinion okay i i agree with that i think that's a great take <laughs> Okay, I got to ask you. Um have you gotten your vaccine? I'm one dose in at this point. I've been uh I'm I think this is day 5 for me. Day 5 uh, since being vaxxed up. Very nice. Uh, wh which kind of vaccine was it? I uh went with the finest uh Moderna. Oh, Moderna. Which is I I, the one I've heard is the like where Moderna people like spit on people who get Pfizer, but I oh, I see, I see. I, I'm pretty I sure there, um, <laughs> the effectivity, the effective rate is uh, lower than it is for Pfizer. I, I, actually, I don't know. Uh, maybe true. I've got the uh, stereotype backwards. I really don't know. I just got the one they gave me. <laughs> um, yeah, I'll, hold on. Um, yeah, I actually got my uh, shot as well. I got it on Friday, and oh man. What a story, actually. So I, I'm i not technically eligible yet to get mine. I'm not in a – my state has not gone down to my group, and my group has not been called uh, yet for that, although they're supposed to, supposed to be pretty close. 
I think I'm in group four and um, that's supposed to be coming through like in the next couple of weeks. But uh, there was this, uh, I heard this rumor came through the grapevine. Um, my, my girlfriend's dad actually got a vaccine as well. And he's also not quite eligible as well. And I'm like, well, how did he do it? What did he go? Where did he go? What, what happened? Turns out that there is this clinic in a nearby county who is um, vaccinating like walk-ins only. That's what they said. No appointments are available on Fridays. You have to walk in and they, you fill out a sheet or anything and they just, you know, don't ask, don't tell. Basically you, they, you don't say they won't turn you away. Yeah. Ah. <laughs> I just came up with that on the spot. Um, wait, wait. So you're, you're implying that if you did say, you're like, wait, I'm not in the group, then they would be like, Leave. I don't know. I mean, I didn't see that happen, but I assume so. I, that's what I assume. Anyway, so they, there's this, it's, you know, it's coming through that this is what's going on. And I'm like, well, you know, how many people must, how many people know about this, right? How, like, it must be under wraps or something. I guess the idea is that the people that are eligible simply aren't getting it. And they have so many left over that they just have to use them, I suppose. So they're going to go out and, uh, and, uh, and do that. So I, I heard about this place. I, I found out where it was. Uh, they said that they were going to start vaccinating at 10 o'clock. Something. And, and Jenny was like, you got to get there early. You got to get there early. Um, you know, this is like Disney world. You have to get in the line like an hour early. Otherwise you're never going to get in and you're going to miss all the good rides and all the good lines. And I'm like, no way, you know, there's no way that everyone is going to in North Carolina is going to show up to this clinic in the middle of nowhere. Um, in a, the least, one of the least populous counties in North Carolina just to get a, uh, uh, a shot. And, um, boy, was I wrong. I show up at, uh, at like nine 15 and there, I can't even see the building. There are cars backed up so far and they have police people directing traffic at this point. And they pull, they make us pull into this church parking lot and, uh, we just sit there and they like, they have us like lined up in rows in, in the cars. Uh, it's like, it's kind of hard to imagine, but like they have this whole parking lot open and they just have cars lined up and everyone's kind of boxed in, um, in rows. And then they're going to let us go through like one car sleeve at a time, basically. Um, mm. and I just sit there from like nine 15 till about 10 o'clock. I finally see a car move up in front of me. I'm just like sitting there, you know, checking my email. I don't have, I have a couple of meetings, but like I can take them on the go. So I'm like, you know, reading my emails, listening to infinite jest and just letting this, uh, this line go forward. And I'm just sitting there like, am I in the right place? Is it, I, I mean, everyone else is here, right? Everything's here. I knew I was in the right place because, uh, before I even got there, there was a car that I was behind who had clearly had no idea where it was going. It kept like rolling through these stop signs like really slowly. It kept like making these weird turns. I'm like, it's following the exact same route I am. Like it doesn't know where it's going either. So I think I'm in the right place. This guy's also getting in line for a vaccine. And as I was pulling up, uh, the, one of the greatest moments of irony, I feel like happened, which is where they were we were kind of zippering, right? There was a cars turning left and I was turning right. And so I was letting, people were letting cars turn left and then people turning right. There was another car that came up that wanted to go straight through the intersection. And so I let them go. And then I let the person who was going left go too because technically it was still their turn and the person behind me honked at me and i'm like <laughs> you know why we're here right we're here to save everyone like <laughs> like if you're if you're your fault like you you're thinking that like this is i mean this obviously is for you too but it's also for everyone else like you're saving everyone else by getting this vaccine so the idea that like 
uh, we shouldn't let people go in front of us. Like in this moment of like co- a giant collective action is so funny to me. I was just, <laughs> just cracking up. <laughs> if not now, when would you exactly. ever look out for your fellow man? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Oh jeez. Um, so I'm sitting in the parking lot, right? I'm just like anxiously and like I, I can't tell because I'm not I can see other people in the cars sort of, but like I can't tell what the energy is. But people are rolling down the windows and talking to the police officers and they're just kind of like, you know, looking around. And it's not like a lot of jolly attitude. I kind of get the feeling that everyone's kind of anxious, everyone's kind of like desperate. There it's like, uh, you know, just another burden to go on to the last year of burdens. I got to sit in this freaking line for <laughs> God knows how long in this, you know, in the middle of nowhere and and I don't even know if I'm in the right place. I don't know if I'm going to get my shot. I don't know what's going to happen, you know? And um so I, I just kind of get this feeling of like desperation. I'm like, ah, oh, like this like gritty, like this is what we got to do today. I guess this is what we got to do today. Like people are like, you know, taking off time at work and like to have their kids with them. And they're like, you know, are we going to, you know, is this going to be a total waste of time? How much of my day is going to be ruined because of this? And then I can't get to something else that's important. Um, so I'm sitting in the line, I'm waiting, and they finally move us up to the next section, and there's even more cars in a different part of the parking lot, and I'm sitting in that one too, and I actually pull out my phone and start timing the amount of time it takes between sleeves that they're letting go to get an estimate of how much time I have to wait for, and then finally, it's my turn, and the car in front of me moves, and I start moving up, and I pull in, like my, my foot is like, feels weird because I've had my foot in the brake this whole time, and they're finally moving, and, uh, and pull into the parking lot, and there it is. There's the clinic, the place I've been going to trying to get to the last two hours. I'm and guessing this was a drive-through vaccination place. You it had that, park. but I pulled up and I had pulled on my window and a state trooper was like, you can park anywhere and just get in line. And I said, okay. And there was like plenty of, I said plenty, but there was a lot of parking left in that parking lot. So they're really just kind of let it like trickling people in so that it wasn't getting super backed up inside that parking lot. And there was a drive-through vaccination uh, section, but I was like, I've been sitting in my car for uh, at this point, it was like maybe 1030 or something. I was like, I don't want to sit in my car anymore. And I see people walking around with clipboards. So I, I get out of the car, I get in line and the line is just moving. And I, like they hand you a clipboard and say, fill this out. And so I'm filling it out as fast as I can make sure I spell my name right and everything. I've, and then I finally get to the front of the line. They're like, okay, if you have your thing uh, ready, then you can jump in front of everyone else who's still filling out their paperwork or whatever. So I, you know, I hand him my clipboard and he says, take your paper and give it to the, the next guy. And so I walk into the clinic and I finally see it. I finally see it. the light at the end of the tunnel. And I'm, I'm as I'm standing there, right? I, I'm standing on one of these little white X's that's on the floor to help space us out six feet apart. And I just get this like feeling and I'm like, wow, this might be one of the last times I have to stand on one of these stupid little X's. You know, everywhere you go, right? Every restaurant, every Target, you know, every every store now has these little marks on the floor and who knows if they're going to take them up or not after this is all over i guess a lot of them are probably just going to leave them to rot uh, on the floor and scrape away as people kick them by accident but like uh this is going to be this mark on our world for such a long time of just like these little reminders of like when everything was crazy for about a, a little more than a year and 
I, like, I got that whole feeling of like, wow, this might actually be over by just standing there on that X. And in this clinic, it's a totally different environment, right? In the car line, I'm like, oh man, uh, you know, it's just kind of anxious, like uh, just kind of uncomfortable energy. In there, they're blasting Uptown Funk. At least two of the people who is, who are like directing tr like human traffic are literally dancing to the song. Like, it's just like straight up having a great time. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like I laughing. I love it too. I know. I was laughing. There's like, and it's like all spread out everywhere. Like, there's not that many people in there. So they're just like funneling people in. You put, like, you give the person, uh, the ta like, uh, uh, at the table your paperwork. They scan it real quick. They say, okay, looks good. Get in, uh, get in line. And I just walk up. And now I'm like, you know, I'm thinking the whole time, like, I got to get out of here as quickly as possible, right? Because I don't want to, I don't want to take up too much space in here. I want other people to get from behind me to get up there. So uh, I'm like, okay, I'm going to be as efficient as I can. I'm like struggling with my jacket, trying to rip it off as quickly as I can. I'm just like standing there awkwardly, like, I'm sorry, I don't know how my jacket works anymore. And like rolling up my sleeve. I'm like, is this far enough? And she's like, that'll work. Relax your arm. So then, and then this nice old woman stabs me with a, with a syringe and says, go stand at the gym for 15 minutes. They hand me a little card that says like I got the Pfizer vaccine on March nineteenth, and I um I go into the gym and I just stand around. Uh, it would make sure I don't collapse for the next fifteen minutes. So I stand there until my next meeting starts, and then I get on the phone and uh and and get out of there. So did you uh what did you think? Did it hurt? No, I mean I I was like normally what I do when I get a shot is I I squeeze something with my hand. I learned this from uh. I learned this from uh, Dragon Tales, <laughs> that PBS what? show. Yes, <laughs> was it uh, Ord? Was that his? Uh, no, it strategy? was. Uh, it was the two-headed one. No, uh, Zach and Wheezy. Yes, yeah, Zach and Wheezy. Uh, my, you know, I look back at my history. It, it's no wonder why I, I love dragons so much. Um, <laughs> stuff like this is definitely had an outsized effect on my. And my view so, of the world. Zach and Wheezy were like, when you're getting the vaccine for the inevitable pandemic, make sure that you're squeezing something. Yeah, yeah. So it, well, it was like a much. shot in general. It was a routine shot that they had to get. And there was this whole thing where, like, they were so nervous about it, right? But they said, like, if you, it, like, they actually said, like, if you squeeze something really, really hard, you won't feel it because you're focused on that instead of focused on the pain of it. And it's always when they pull it out that hurts more than when they put it in. So, like, I, I didn't have a really opportunity to do that because I was I didn't have anything to squeeze or anything and I was just kind of sitting there. So I had jeans on, which isn't very good for squeezing. Um, so I just kind of let it happen and it wasn't it wasn't a big needle or anything. So like less than five seconds, you know, literally it sat down, done basically. Yeah. It was crazy. No, I I was like the thing is I was so stressed out the day I was going to get mine. I and I don't like getting. My, I don't like getting yeah. blood drawn. I don't like getting vaccinated. Like, let me rephrase that. I like getting vaccinated because I believe in the science, but I don't like getting a needle shoved in my arm. So I always try to distract myself by just looking away. But unfortunately, the way they were doing it, like to my left was where the vaccine was going in and to my right was another person getting vaccinated. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like kind of looking like at the, at the ceiling at an angle, but it didn't hurt at all. Like I've gotten a yearly flu vaccine basically every year of my life. And I felt like this was less painful than even that. So I yeah. thought, I thought that was nice. It, it didn't hurt. It, although the, you know, stressed out, uh, you know, uh, not controversial brain, but like, uh, uh, pandemic brain like yeah. i was like did i even get the shot did he fake it should i have looked to see if he actually put it in my arm <laughs> but 
<laughs> Which I was like, why would they fake it though? Like, why would they do that? Yeah, they put up all of this infrastructure just to not give you a shot. Just to stick it into something else, like a sponge nearby or something. Oh, you got it. You got it. <laughs> but I felt the effects later. So unless it's just a very heavy placebo effect, I definitely got shot in the arm. Yeah, and, well, I mean, how did uh, it feel? Know. Like, what what kind of side effects did you have? Well, to tell you the truth, I don't know because I took Tylenol right after because I got recommended to take Tylenol after, and I don't usually take Tylenol, you know, very mm-hmm. much. So I don't know where this Tylenol side effects ended and where the vaccine side effects began. Generally, I was fatigued for about a day, really, and I felt the soreness in my arm, but I'm also fatigued because I'm working a lot, and I'm also just fatigued in general. So. I don't know. It wasn't whatever the side effects were. They weren't super harsh. What yeah. About you? I um. Yeah, my arm has has been sore for a little bit, but it's starting to get better already today. Um, and like, yeah, I didn't have too much trouble with anything. I don't think I didn't have trouble like uh, I, I didn't feel like I was um nauseous or or even like tired necessarily. I mean, I went for a run yesterday, and I was I don't know, I was not quite on my game, but I was still pretty good. So I, I didn't feel super weird about it. The only thing I was worried about is if I if I if I fall, I have to make sure I fall on my right arm instead of my left arm. So my right arm was still, my left arm was still so sore. But like, <laughs> yeah, it was um, it's been fine. So I mean, I haven't had that much of a severe reaction to it, which has been really nice too. But yeah, I mean, I was I was just surprised because like, it's so funny to me just like how all of this comes together. It, it, when you're walking in there right you're like like this is it this is the moment but it still feels so like haphazard you know it's like we're in this weird building all these people are around but like you can tell like they're, they all seem official they're all wearing scrubs and things but and they have clipboards obviously so that makes them very official but oh, like yes. um you know you know you know how something like this works like especially if something as kind of simple as as like handing someone a card and then handing them like a vaccine um it, it can be like it can just be done by a bunch of people who are dedicated. And if they do it enough times, right, it, it flow, you get to the flow state and then you end up just uh, um, processing this super quickly. And so it becomes, that's what it really felt like. It's like a bunch of people kind of came together to make this thing work in whatever way it needed to work. And that whatever duct tape and WD-40, uh, you know, contraption they could come up with to um, make this thing work. Um, and, yeah, I'm like I'm I'm super grateful for that, but it's also like you know, is this the response? You know, like I, I'm expecting like this big you know government seal or like some message from the governor. He's like, thank you for showing up and getting your vaccine today. Here's what you can expect. Like that, none, none of that really happened. You know, it's just like you just drive up, you wait in the parking lot, you don't know what's gonna happen. You drive into the next parking lot, they shuffle you through the line and they come out of there. I mean, I was in and out of there for like you know, 10 minutes, maybe it was crazy how quickly it was. And especially after just sitting there, just waiting for things to happen. Um, it was like, it was so jarring to just be like in and out so quickly. Yeah. It's, uh, I mean, it sounds like you were in a slightly more chaotic situation than I was. I got my appointment through CVS and it probably took me 45 minutes total from like get walking into walking out because including the 15 minutes of waiting to see if I have a bad reaction and it was pretty easy. I mean, I've done other things at CVS that have taken longer. So yeah. I, I thought I was pretty impressed. The the thing, the problem with me was as soon as I found out that I was a frontline worker again, like once my work changed back to uh, everyone has to be in the office all the time and we're kind of, we're not, we can't safely social distance uh, that which 
pushed me forward into the current group of vaccination. I started looking and everywhere I was looking, there were no appointments. And I found an appointment that was far away, but still available. And I was like, screw it. I'll sign up. So I did it. And I was like, I'm going to have to drive pretty far, but that's okay. As long as I'm getting the vaccine. And then immediately after that, they opened up a whole bunch more appointments all over South Carolina, including where I live. And now I know people who are getting their shots just days after me who are, you know, getting it. They drive 10 minutes to get it. Yes. So... I'm actually really impressed with the rollout as of late. I know things started off really slowly, but uh, it's really been nice to see things going kind of good uh, yeah. lately. I mean, absolutely. I mean, it's it's yeah. so like, I mean, it's really encouraging to see that like come together and for like this very tough logistical problem to be solved in a, in, like in a, in a pretty promising way, honestly. And um, I mean, we're, we're still not at that mark yet. Like we're supposed to, I think, um, three million a day, I think, is like the real goal. That's like when we're. That's like a. That's what we should be hitting, and we're at like two point five, I think. Um, so we're um we're getting there, but it's still like, not quite enough. And it it until we like improve all of that, it's not going to be enough. Um, but I mean, the introduction of three. I mean, we have three vaccines now. I think, and AstraZeneca might also be approved as well, which they're already using in Europe. Um, that would be. I mean that's going to be huge. Uh, it it would it would be uh, even more opportunities for people to get it. It's as long as you know people get it. Well, you were talking about that feeling of like here it is, like it's ending now. Yeah, I kind of felt that way, but I feel like that feeling will be stronger on the second shot. Oh, that's yeah. where I'll be like, okay, now things are really changing. And then even then, it's like you just have to wait what two weeks after yeah. you get the second one. But the the light at the end of the tunnel such a trite thing to say but it's it's so true like we can see the ending it's coming it's going to be a good summer that's how i'm that's what i'm hoping yeah i i honestly didn't think it would we, we'd be able to do that i thought we would be dealing with this still until september but it seems like we may actually be done with it even faster um yep. which is awesome yep. and like yeah the, i mean just the ease that they're letting this go through and just like you know you're you show up and they stick you it, it's um I, I really like that a lot. I think that's so, um, I think it's so nice. It's so important to make these, um, to, to make that decision to, to, to make this, uh, effort. And then, uh, somewhere down the line, you and I can do this in person. <laughs> yes, exactly. You know, that's the thing that like, that's the thing that gets me and like, uh, you know this, but like I was working on like a extremely detailed video about the vaccine, um, a while ago, but I ended up scrapping it. The, um, but the thing that, like, that really, grinds my gears is people who are hesitant about getting the vaccine and yet are so um are still complaining about covid right they're like oh you know i um like i wish i could go see my friends i wish i could go eat in a restaurant or something it's like you know there's a way for this to end early and that's by uh going getting a shot um there's a way for this to be over faster and that is if you take your own like you take a not a risk but you know listen to what people are saying and go out and do something good for yourself and for other people. Um, and, and I mean, I think we both demonstrated that it's actually not that hard. I mean, it seems like a kind of a, like can be sometimes a hassle, but it's honestly like, you know, a couple of hours out of your day at most it, for you is 45 minutes. It, I mean, it makes, it'll make a world of difference. You know, you breaking that chain really like um, will stop this thing in its tracks. And that's really what's important. And I don't know, it's just something that we all, I think a lot of people are on board about saying, okay, I want, I know this is going to be good for me and also good for other people. And that's enough of a motivation for people to do it. Um, but for other people, it's just like, 
you know, uh, we're, we're still unsure. We're still not there yet, you know? And if you're on the fence about it, like, like you should go get it, at least for the people that are definitely not going to get it, you know? Because there are people who have already sworn it off. And it, we're not going to be able to get to those people, at least not all of them. So for the people that are hesitant, the people that are like, oh, I'm not sure, this is your opportunity to make that change and to save lots of people. That's the thing. I was reading some vaccine discourse on Twitter, which big mistake, but I, it made me think about how if you were going to be authoritarian and force people to get the vaccine, how you could effectively get away with it. And I've heard of people genetically modifying mosquitoes in a way that's supposed to like curb their population. That's what right. If you could genetically modify bees or hornets or something, <laughs> you're just walking around and ah, you just get stung with the vaccine. I think like you just probably a chance of getting too much vaccine. So that's likely a problem. But I, I wonder if that's, there's anything similar to that where you could get, uh, I mean, I, I guess it's a pretty wacky thing to try to bring into reality, but um, it, it's, it, it could be the type of thing. Um, I mean, they're injecting you with something. So I think it's a similar process. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it has to be pretty precise and everything. I don't know. Like, I, I feel like a lot of people, I'm, I'm following this subreddit called r slash lockdown skepticism. That is absolutely infuriating. I, I It's one of the worst like discourses on on reddit there these people are not skeptical at all they are very much of one mind um that lockdowns are bad and they'll look for <laughs> any evidence that are not that is um that supports that um and i, I i'm sympathetic at, at, at to some of it absolutely i'm absolutely sympathetic to like small business owners and to people and like you know people have small children and everything but like at the same time like it's it's so important that we work together on this sort of thing and like the fault is not that we like the, the solution to this is not that we have no lockdowns so the problem the solution is that we help people who are in trouble by giving them resources to do that right we have them we're funding their their life instead of having them have to rely on you know something that they can't rely on anymore it's illegal to have a business or something you know for some people which is crazy um and you know, maybe maybe the hammer is too strong in, in that regard. So I'm I'm sympathetic to that idea, but like, I don't know. It, it's so like, um, it, it feels so toxic to me because they they're they're looking for any excuse not to do something right. And there was there was this uh, uh, there was this recent one where they're like, you know, if it, the the all they have to do is vaccinate um like the people who are 65 percent or older, and that will solve 80 percent of the deaths or something. Like that will save eighty percent of the vulnerable population, and I'm, and I commented and then got downvoted into oblivion because nobody on there understands anything, and I said, eighty percent. Uh, if you only vaccinate eighty percent of people, then that you a hundred thousand people would still die. You know, like you're, you're not solving the whole problem, right? If you if you're like, oh, only this group of people should get it or something. It doesn't make any sense. It, it, like differentiating between the vulnerable and the non-vulnerable is an impossible task. And so like making that kind of distinction is is not something that is practical at all. And this idea that you can just differentiate between the two is is, is silly. Um, so like this idea that, oh, like the government's going to come down and, and force you to to do something um, or like, oh, these these lockdowns are going to be here forever. Or like they're, they're they're finding ways to make us more you know, to, to bow to authoritarianism. I just don't buy it, you know, because people, people are more nuanced than that. You know, it, we're all uncomfortable with what we have right now and want to change that. And so we are taking steps to do that. And what if, if it comes to the point where people are still afraid of it beyond the 
than the I feel like reasonable uh, fear. Like that's a problem, and we should fix it. You know what I mean? It it shouldn't just be like oh. Um, you know, this is in place and so it's going to be like this forever and you, you know, you signed away your rights and now they can just take them away whenever they want. Like, I don't know. I just don't, I don't buy that argument because I think people understand the reason behind these decisions. It's not just that, um, we're so willing or we're that we're sheep to things, right? It's that we understand what is happening and we're taking steps to avoid it. Yeah, no, I, I mean, there's, there's a couple of things. First, when people are like, death is the only consequence possible from COVID, I think right. it's totally ridiculous. When they're, they're not taking the long-term effects of catching COVID into account at all. It's like that TikTok I made where the only two, there's only two outcomes from getting run over by a car. Either you die or yep. you're completely unaffected. And, and so we shouldn't have to look both ways before you cross the street because you know, statistically, you're not going to die if you'd hit by a car. It's actually, you're in the vast minority if you die from getting hit by a car. You'll probably live. <laughs> okay? Right. And that's such a stupid take to say that, okay, fine, I'll just get hit by every car then. It doesn't matter. Uh, you know, same thing with COVID. It's like, oh, I'll just catch it because if I don't die, then I'm totally fine. Maybe my smell is permanently diminished. My ability to taste things may be potentially permanently diminished or some yeah. other thing that we don't know about. But as long as I don't die immediately, then I'm totally fine with taking that on because freedom. But then the other thing is I've been thinking about this throughout COVID. And I think um, a lot of the things that we suffer from are symptoms of freedom where you're allowed to be as free as possible, where you're like, you're so free, you're allowed to be just a complete moron. And, it, and nobody is going to stop you. Yeah. Right? And, and just no matter what the downstream effects of your blatant stupidity are, there's no consequence directly to you. Nobody, the, the state is not going to come silence you. The state is not going to show up at your house and arrest you for being an idiot. And you, in that can take a lot of different forms. You can just be a troll online, but you can also be putting out harmful misinformation and which can end up with people dying, but it doesn't matter. This is what freedom looks like is you're allowed to not take the vaccine. You're allowed to do all these things that are counterproductive for society. Uh, but that's, and, and at the end of the day, I believe that that is kind of what our country is founded on. So even though I disagree with a lot of times where it's like people are putting freedom first, it's like, well, it, that's that's the version of uh, like government we've decided on, and yeah. and I don't know, and like you can try to change that, but I do feel like a lot of people are like they've bought into that, and that's what they want, and that's right. like, the most American thing. I think that people who believe that are honestly very optimistic about people's good intentions, and and believe that people who are doing something wrong or or saying the wrong thing or something can be taught to be taught to uh change their minds right that i believe i think that people who believe that like radical freedom is a good thing believe in the inherent goodness of people which i i i don't i don't ascribe to that actually i like i think if you look back through history our response to this crisis has been better than it has been in the past. And largely because we've had people who are more educated, I think, and understand the situation more nuancedly and, and better than ever before. Um, and I think in the future, when we have another pandemic, which you know might happen in another 100 years or something, it'll be the same thing where the number of cases will probably be uh, halved because um, so many different people 
will understand the situation and will be reacting to it responsibly instead of irresponsibly. Um, you know, the, the anti-maskers and all the people out there who think that it doesn't exist or, or whatever or is caused by 5G, they're just a remnant of our, our past and have are always going to be there and always have been there. Um, their numbers have diminished over time, but they uh, and they've lost credibility over time. But um, that, that's like a nature. That's like a natural state for humans to reach, you know. And I think over the long term period of time, maybe we'll have progress in that. But it's it's not easy, you know what I mean? It doesn't happen just automatically. Yeah, and it also depends on what you consider to be freedom. Because some people might say, my freedom to not get vaccinated is like the, the free. I think there's like a concept of positive and negative freedom uh, that you can uh, like mm -hmm. use to calculate just how free you are. But I look at the freedom to not catch the pandemic as freedom. Like that's something that I look like, you know, it's definitely not, I'm not losing anything. I'm gaining massively by having <laughs> a country that tries to put a needle in my arm. So, um, you know, definitely room for interpretation there. But at the end of the day, when I see a lot of these crazy things I totally disagree with, and I think are counterproductive to a lot of people's lives that they totally agree with, I don't know how right I am to tell them that they're wrong because their belief system, I feel like aligns more with what I believe this nation is built on. Uh, or like the the direction that the founding fathers pointed this direction when they set up our government. There are yeah. certain benefits to setting up your government differently that might not include so many quote unquote freedoms. And I don't know, like, I know it's totally reductionist to just be like, well, if you don't like it, then leave. But I, I do think that there is something intrinsically different about the way we set up our government and there's pros and cons to that. Yeah. And I, I, I don't know. I mean, it's like seatbelt laws, right? You know, I, I believe that you shouldn't be able to fall off the floor if you, you can you can hit rock bottom or something, but that should not cost you your life. So like in this situation where lots of people out there could die and the consequences of a single person um, could have could affect the lives of many, many other people. Right. That feels unacceptable to me. That feels like there needs to be a stronger, you know, not a complete, but a stronger response to that. And to, and to cr like cracking down on that and holding people accountable for being wrong and saying the wrong thing and, and stuff like that. But it's but in other cases where it's like, oh, it's just you, you know, you, it's your your right to be dumb and it's only going to affect you and I guess the people immediately around you who care about you. Then yeah, I think I don't really have a problem with that, you know. But at the same time, it's like it's the same thing as seatbelt laws, right? Seatbelt laws, right? Some libertarians will say that there shouldn't be seatbelt laws and that we should trust people to do the right thing and wear their seatbelts. We, we shouldn't have a law to enforce that. But as you've pointed out to me before, like if I die because I don't wear my seatbelt, I'm taking resources away from other people that might be using like that that kind of thing, right? If I get terribly injured in a car accident and I, that could have been avoided by uh, me wearing a seatbelt, suddenly I the opportunity cost is the cost of those medical professionals time the ambulance driver the police officers who are cleaning up the mess you know anything that's that goes along with that right they could be spending time doing other things cleaning up somebody else's mess instead of my mess right so that's why it's a benefit to everyone for individuals to be safer and to enforce that kind of safety and it's, i feel like the same thing is true for like money too you know like we, you should you have the freedom to lose all your money but you don't you shouldn't have the the, the complete freedom to to the point where 
you would die if you have no money. Like that seems like a, that seems like you're falling off the floor where you are, you're falling and there's no bottom. There's nothing to catch you. It's just an infinite abyss of, of, of depth, right? And yeah, maybe that's radical freedom, but I disagree that that's actually radical freedom. I think that you're actually limiting people by forcing them to spend money to live, basically, which I think is just, I don't know, it's, 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 it's silly to think that way, uh, to, to think that you have to have, you have to make a certain amount of money in order to be alive. I feel like that's so, it's so wrong. And it just ties into the same thing with COVID, right? You, you want people to be able to uh, do what they want and you want people to have that freedom, but you don't want it to be so, you want the, the effects of that to be so detrimental that somebody else could die. Um, and it, making like parsing that is so difficult. Making that decision about where that line is drawn is so difficult, but I think a lot of people, if you, uh, a lot of people, I think it's evidence that there's lots and lots of people in this country who will do the right thing because it's the right thing to do. And there are other people who are simply, will simply not do it because they think, uh, because they get into their head that they're more important than everybody else. There's something that Jenny said to me early on in the pandemic. She said, like, you can see, now you can see uh, everyone, uh, you can see the people who care about other people. It's written right on their face. The people who are wearing masks care about other people. People who are not wearing masks don't care about other people. And that is very telling. It's it's very easy for us to now tell, oh, you're a bad person now. And I actually do think that. And it's it's one of those things where like, uh, it, it grips you a little bit and you want to keep track of that. And you're like, oh, like, you know, oh, you're, you're one of those people. And I don't want those people to get away with it. You know, even though like, I don't know, how much can you really blame them? It, 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 they're at the, the same whims and uh, they're, they're at the same like problems or not problems, but they're, you know, what am I trying to say? They're, they're at the same like beck and call of their media conception as I am. You know, I yes. think I know better, but uh, it's, it's only because I think I'm more discerning. They think the same thing about themselves, right? So at that point, where does that responsibility lie? And it lies on the people who are spreading this misinformation. And because they have a greater responsibility and their, and their actions can affect more people, I think those people's freedoms should be more limited. Those mm. are the people that we should not be allowing for radical freedom. Those people, you know, freedom of speech should not apply. Uh, I shouldn't say that. Freedom of speech should, should apply to, to everyone. But I, I mean, the right to be wrong should be have bigger consequences uh for these people who have lots and lots of responsibility lots and lots of power you know news corporations i'm talking about not just politicians yeah, yeah. no i i agree that's that's the thing like as salient i think as of a point as it is like literally if you're not wearing a mask you care less about other people but i also had to take into consideration there's so much misinformation out there it's hard to get the to suss out what the truth is as, and so many people are so skeptical and so pulled in a direction that is op opposite to reality I can't put it completely on them for being in that situation. Yeah. Um, you know, so it's, it's tough to um, really, I don't know. Like, I, obviously people need to be held accountable for their decisions, but at the same time, especially with how polarizing, like at a certain point, there, w there was a point during this pandemic where I kind of like looked down on people. It's like, oh, you're on vacation right now. Like, oh, you're out without a mask. That's on you. But uh, then at a certain point, I was like, this whole situation has been mishandled from the top down. I'm going to do what I'm going to do and you can do whatever you're going to do. I'm not going to judge you. And I hope you're not judging me because right. I, sometimes I do feel like there are people who are like, wow, 
he's still doing like he's still not going out and doing normal stuff wow what what is wrong with this guy you know and but i think a lot of that's in my head but i also think um that you can't judge people on how they're dealing with this because it's been such a screwed up situation from the beginning we just got to get through it and then well, we that's can put it that's the us. thing that's so hard about this you know because I, I i'm tempted to fall into that exact same line of logic and say oh you know like I'll do me, you do you. Everyone will deal with this in their own way. But that's not really the case because because it affects all of us, the actions of a few people, right? Not not just at the top, but like, you know, just people in general, if they are out there like spreading germs, then that affects lots and lots of other people, right? And at that point, it becomes less about their own choices and it becomes about how they're affecting other people's lives, right? If you If you believe... I think you hinted at this before, but if you believe that everyone should have the freedom to do whatever they want, then the freedom to live should be the top thing on that list, right? And you you don't have a right to restrict someone else's freedom to live, uh, I believe. And that should extend to spreading dangerous pandemics. Um, so it's it's hard to like say, you know, oh, I... Uh, uh, I want these people, I want everyone to kind of, you know, do their own thing. I want people to be responsible and I'll just believe that I can do my own thing and that will be, have an effect. And I think it does, but you know, at a certain point it's, it's beyond for something like this, it's not just about you. It's about everybody. Um, and it's about you doing the right thing, even when it's hard. Um, which is just, I don't know. I, I don't know if it feels like I don't want to come across as saying like, oh, I think freedom is bad necessarily. I'm just saying that there are conflicting freedoms, right? There are yeah. some mm -hmm. things that are uh, that you can do, I think, and you should absolutely have the absolute freedom to do that because it only affects you, right? And um, if you you want to go out there and ruin your own life, I think you should be allowed to do that. But if that extends to other people to the point where you're you've completely ruined someone else's life and you've taken away their right or their freedom to do that, I think that's wrong and I don't think you should be able to do that. And I think yeah. that's where that, that restricts that's where you should have that restriction. And I, I th like to believe that people won't do that, but that's not true. People will do that. People will take the opportunity to do that anytime they want because in a lot of cases, because they can make money off of it, but in other cases, just because they don't know. Well, I do, I do feel like I've been cucked of my freedom by other people who are more, uh, you know, cavalier about seizing their freedoms because if everyone had done, now I don't want it to sound too pompous here, but if everyone had done what I did, we'd be back to normal by now. It's true. Okay? If literally every single person did what I did, pandemic would have ended long ago. But there are plenty of people who A, can't do that because of their job, but B, who decided no. No, I'm going to keep doing stuff because I I stand wholly against the idea of lockdowns for my own personal reasons. Then now I can't go anywhere because the problem is exacerbated way more beyond what it would have been if everyone had acted like me. Yeah. So yeah. And there's plenty of like there's plenty of stuff out there about how even these essential workers who are still showing up every day for their job and stuff aren't the ones necessarily spreading COVID, right? There are sometimes evidences of, of outbreaks and stuff, but a lot in a lot of cases, like that's because they weren't following the rules. Like <coughs> a lot of these big super spreader events and stuff, they all occurred um, while people were in their downtime and, and like while they were interacting with each other, like in too close of proximity or anything. 
Lots of businesses found ways of working around this, which I think has been really commendable. You know, I've been really, it's been really nice to see these places stay alive because they've taken precautions to keep people safe, you know, and I think that's totally fine. I think that's a, a reasonable thing to do. It's when you're like, when you're like, oh, this doesn't exist because I need to make money. That's when it becomes an issue, right? It, like, yeah. and like, that's not the, um, and yeah, I understand that motivation and everything, but like it. I think like the, the problem is that we've put ourselves in this situation where it's like either you die or you make as much money as you can. And that's like, <laughs> <laughs> that's like really, really sick. And I Horrible really hate that choice. Yeah. Yeah. And again, is that freedom? I don't think so. Because you're, if you have to spend all your money on medical bills, then you don't have the freedom to do something else, right? If you have to spend all your money on rent, then you don't have the freedom to do something else, right? So if that's you're, not, if you have to live a really restricted lifestyle in order to earn a salary that allows you to live, then you're not really that free, are exactly. you? Exactly. Exactly. So, yeah. It's, um, yeah. I hope like events like this, I think, have the oper- have the potential to shake things up. And I think we're seeing that to a degree with work from home. I think that this will change a lot of workplaces, but I don't know. I feel like the American workplace has such staying power. It, it's, I don't yeah, know well, how people many like it, you know? People be like being in this. the office and stuff. And I think that's, I think that's fine. I mean, we should have the option. I think, I think for a lot of people, this will be a positive thing because I think you can make the argument more easily now than ever that I, that you could work from home if you wanted to, where that wasn't necessarily an option before, but now like, you know, I think, I think at this point that might be one of the only things that turns out good yes. from this is that people will have the option to either work in the office if they want or work from home if they want um, because the argument is so strong at this point, you know? Right, but, you know, it's you would hope for more than that, right? Like we could see it's like, wow, our healthcare structure is actually pretty terrible. Maybe we should change it to be better, uh, which doesn't look like it's going to happen. Or, um, wow, we actually really undervalue some of the most important members of the workforce. Maybe we should up their compensation and that's not happening either. So (sighs) yeah, it's, it's frustrating. If they they have to do it, then we can pay whatever we want. (laughs) Exactly. It's, uh, I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, I mean that's the incentive structure. So it's just it's just misplaced. But I, exactly like there's all these things, and I was keeping track of them for a little while, but I, I didn't have that many of them. But like all these things that became obvious, right? One of the things that stands out in my mind is as soon as like the pandemic really hit and like lockdown started to to, uh, to come into effect, how we let a lot of like low like level prisoners out of prison um, uh, to like save them, and it's like. Why didn't we do that before? You know, like if we could just let these guys out, then why were we keeping them in prison? Like what was the, oh, oh, now it's dangerous for them to be in prison. Uh, suddenly it's dangerous for them to be in prison. Oh, okay. Well then we should let them out. It's so silly to me. Like <laughs> as if that's ever going to change, you know, could it, could it, could it be possible that the American prison, uh, system isn't just for uh the public good like is it possible there's some sort of other no uh, motivations behind no. why <laughs> the prison population in the united states is so astronomically large compared to literally any other country is there i don't know i think nah nah, nah, nah i don't I'll think I'll so. just push it off there couldn't possibly be something another reason why we had a surplus of prisoners or like uh, like unemployment, right? Like uh, there was this pull push of like, oh, now these people can't work or something because they've got COVID or they can't work because uh, their job shut down. And so we put all this extra money into unemployment. And um, 
and it's like, well, where was that before? You know, what about the person two weeks before lockdown who broke their leg and can't come to work? You know, where is their compensation for that? Right. If you get that, we give them, uh, we give someone who has COVID uh, like all this extra stuff. Like in my job, they were giving them two weeks off basically uh, to stay quarantined and everything. Uh, which was you know super helpful, but there were lots of other injuries and things that could happen in which like that was not extended to that you know to that regard. It it was only under this very visible spectrum that it was um, extended further, um, and that's not necessarily at my job. It's, it's any job that would would do that, right? And there's lots of people out there that you know got sick or have been sick um, and couldn't work, and uh, because it wasn't COVID, right? It doesn't. They don't get the um, the benefits from that, you know. Yeah. No, so like, that's the thing. It's like it's crazy. Every single like COVID death is a tragedy, and it's like, but that's it. Like, there's plenty of other diseases that people can't afford treatment for, and they die. That's not a tragedy. It's like, <laughs> what? Why? <laughs> what is? Why are we drawing the line there? Should we not be united against death? And I yeah. think that that question's been posed to the American populace before. And the answer is a resounding, uh, no, we shouldn't be united against death. Screw you. If you can't afford to pay for this treatment. Uh, but I, I do feel like this event has pushed at least the youth in a certain direction where maybe sometime in the future we can, uh, maybe change things so that it's, you know, healthcare is less about how much profit can you generate? And it'll become more about how many lives can you save and how can you improve uh, the health of the American populace in general. Yeah. I mean, you hope for something like that. I mean, it makes sense to do it that way, but it doesn't necessarily Plenty of other mean... countries have done something yeah. similar. So, But that's socialism, so we can't do it. Um... Social... Yeah. It, well, <laughs> we all know that socialism is when the government does stuff. So it <laughs> right, should right, be right. done less uh, to, so that you have less socialism. Yes. But anyways, okay. I, I, I do want to try to circle this back. Okay. <laughs> we want to quite a tangent here. But there's one thing, so one new thing for the podcast it's actually the podcast artwork for this episode of apple chat off script and i want to get your live reaction to the new art so don't look yet i know okay. it's in your email inbox i want you to get ready to look at it we'll look at it together okay but um so this is from an artist that i found on tiktok her name is or rather sorry their name is kimon she's uh, she, they go by they them pronouns and kimon's is very unique in their artwork it's unlike anything i've ever seen and they're always debuting new stuff on the on their tiktok they don't care how much of a uh how many likes or comments they are on tiktok to express themselves and i love it i really <laughs> do en enjoy their content uh which is one of my favorite things about tiktok is that they show you smaller creators you can find a tiktok on your for you page that has 12 likes organically and that's, I think that's amazing. Everybody gets to participate, even if you don't have a following. I think Kimon's following is somewhere in less than a thousand. But even with that, you can have a robust, enjoyable experience as a content creator on TikTok. I still think there's a lot of problems with TikTok, not a whole endorsement with TikTok. But I do think the platform is organized in a way that is way better for creators than other platforms I can really? I'll compare it to YouTube how many times are you watching a YouTube video with 12 likes on it right it, it's just completely different format so any so anyways Kimon's uh I asked Kimon's if they do commissions they said yes and we were able to get this put together so Joey I want to get your reaction here go ahead and uh open up that email that I sent <laughs> you 
and I want to hear what you have to say. Oh my gosh. I thought, at first I thought those were my ears, but they're my headphones. <laughs> <laughs> Affable chat. Oh, cool. Okay. Do you want me to describe it? Sure. So there's, it's you and me and we look like, I mean, we're very, it's like a, kind of like a pastel almost thing or like a watercolor actually. Mm-hmm. Um, it says affable chat and it's got leaves coming down from the middle and, um, we both look, uh, oh, we look, we look pretty good. I guess you, you have your hair and your mustache and I have like my swooped hair to the side. It looks just like what I have, I have it right now. Yeah. Um, and we've my got a little lips. bit of blush going yeah, on yeah. as well. Definitely. Uh, I'm wearing a striped shirt. You're wearing a green, like a uh, solid, like sweater. It looks like. Yeah. Oh, that's pretty cool, actually. <laughs> I sent them a picture of our just a whole bunch of our thumbnails mm. and said, "Go, kind of go off. Of this is what we look like. And they did the rest. I, I really didn't have... I really... This is kind of what I want to push towards because, you know, I have a certain degree of disposable income that I want to invest in the podcast. And I would love to give artists opportunities to just give us their spin on the affable chat artwork so we can have some variety and also just give people another outlet that's to cool express themselves it looks like we're in like a, a zen garden or something we look we both look very calm yes um, we're vibing right now. <laughs> totally vibing right now and i'm so i and it's we it's about time we had a thumbnail with my <laughs> mustache on it uh, the original artwork that i've got on my chest right now is uh from years ago i believe it was a 2018 is when we got that one and this uh, is a little bit more updated with the mustache. So, um, <laughs> shout outs, Kimons, they did a great job. Yeah, thank you. And we'll be uh, that. And if you if you um, want to look at this, it's on our Instagram. By the time this is uploaded, it'll be on our Instagram. It'll be uh, if you're looking at this on anything besides Apple Podcasts, it should be the podcast artwork. I don't know why po- Apple Podcasts just sticks with one, the one that you set up with your original RSS feed, but everything on Spotify should definitely have it. So, if you want to take a look at what we're talking about. Kimons did a great job. So, I agree. yeah. So, Joey, is there anything else you want to wrap it up here? I think I think I'm done. I think I've I've uh, you <laughs> I've said out. everything I wanted to say. Okay, well, if you want to listen to more affable chat, and I know you do, subscribe to us on Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you get your podcasts, and wherever you listen to us, uh, leave us a review because it really does help us grow. You can reach us on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, uh, at AffableChat on all three of those. Send us an, or you can send us an email, AffableChat at gmail.com. We also have a YouTube channel, which is probably where this podcast is right now. And <laughs> this, <laughs> hello. Uh, and we also upload uh, uh, cl- uh, streams, clips, clip streams. Stream, cl- yeah, yes. <laughs> clips <laughs> of the stream, which is live every tuesday night at 7 p.m eastern on twitch that's twitch.tv slash affable chat come chat with us live come say hey in the chat but that's going to do it for this episode of apple chat off script for affable chat i'm benjamin and i'm joey thanks for listening